my whole vision is to help women live well and live beautifully. So if that's the kind of ethos, then it all speaks the same language. So I, I really believe like all the details matter from what you're wearing to what you're putting in and on your body to what your table looks like, what your home looks like. It is all one world. I see it as one world. And as long as I'm true to the brand and true to, to you know, who the Jenny Kane woman is, like it, it, it could be any category. It doesn't make a difference. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person on my own personal journey of self-discovery and personal growth. This is a podcast all about the journey and figuring out what makes us come alive and prioritizing whatever that is every single day. When I started the podcast over two years ago, I thought that I would get the answers externally. And the more conversations I had and the more work that I did on myself, the more I realized that every single answer and all of the truths lie within and in the silence. I know that may sound a bit overwhelming, which is why my mission is to have candid conversations with relatable humans who I feel have truly come alive and get really clear about how they've come home to themselves, as well as share my own discoveries along the way. Welcome to Active Ingredient. My biggest wish for you is that you feel alive and that you tap into your active ingredient every single day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Active Ingredient. We have another interview this week. We have back-to-back interviews right now. And this is an episode that I recorded last year. It is with someone that I respect a ton and that has really created something so obviously beautiful, something that has some really, really deep roots. So really listening and surrounding myself with people that I genuinely feel have been able to strike the balance between inspiration and focus is something that I want to kind of like bring to this podcast and make sure that we're all kind of surrounding ourselves with this type of energy and experience so that we can see what works. Like we can try things on that work for this type of person that may work for us or may not work for us, but even just listening to the inspiration behind someone like this, I think is so incredibly valuable. So the guest of the show this week is someone that most of you are probably familiar with. We have the one and only Jenny Kane, who is the founder of the Jenny Kane brand, the celebrity favorite fashion and lifestyle brand that's pretty much pinned literally all over my Pinterest. Jenny started the business at the age of 19 with a vision a strong intuition, and a good dose of naivete. Is that how you say it? Naivete? Naivete? Whatever. With She was very naive. Let's just put it that way. And that kind of trio of being naive, having strong vision, and a really, really strong connection with her intuition has led the Jenny Kane brand to be in business for 20 years and has branched out to several different categories, all with the mission to empower women to live well and to live beautifully. I am personally, like I said, obsessed with all things Jenny Kane, and I find her aesthetic to be what feels like to me truly a brand that feels like a breath of fresh air, if you know what I mean. And on today's episode, we get into the background story of how she got started, how the Jenny Kane brand came to be, the importance of creating space and silence in order to really listen and connect with your intuition, which you guys know is a topic that I'm really, really passionate about. Living in the moment and focusing on what you currently have going on while also at the same time being deeply acquainted with the long-term vision, the importance of team and trust, 
and how Jenny continues to create abundantly and how she stays infinitely inspired. So with that, welcome Jenny to the show. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio. I'm really excited to talk to you about your whole journey, but we have Jenny Kane in the studio today. Thank you for being here. Of course. I'm so excited. So, okay. I, I have so many questions for you. You are like the epitome of lifestyle and just like feel good vibes. Um, and I don't know how much you know about active ingredient, but I always kick off the whole podcast asking what you were like as a kid that you remember, because as you are the queen of lifestyle, I feel like I wonder what qualities you had as a child that are kind of like in your personality today or even like woven into your business. But yeah, what, what were you like as a kid? What was little Jenny like? Totally. Yeah, I love that. I I was spunky. I definitely had a lot of personality, but I also am like a quintessential Virgo. So always very, very organized, attention to detail when it comes to everything in my life. And I remember when I was a little girl, it was super specific about what I liked, what I didn't like, rearranging my room all the time, redecorating everyone, everyone's rooms, kind of helping everyone get dressed. I really paid attention to how everything looked and how I wanted everything to feel. Well, are you an only child? I'm like, not. Okay. No, I'm the eldest. <laughs> okay, wait, I wonder like, okay, so you're a Virgo, so that definitely like has something to do with it. But I wonder what was in your surroundings at the time too, to like even pay attention to those things. Like was your mom like that, your dad? My mom has great style for sure. And she was always like kind of, our house was the center of the neighborhood and always bringing kids over and entertaining and she had beautiful taste, but no, it was just something inside of me that I always wanted to create. I always wanted to um, kind of design and and really the details were what drew me to um, to kind of be creative. I love that. Okay. So you started your business really, really young, mm-hmm. um, but you started at 19. So like from that kind of like early or not even awakening, but just like recognition that you had this attention to detail and like this love for all things organized, detail like beauty. Um, what was that like from childhood to 19, ready to start this business like yeah. for you? Like what what were your thoughts? Do you remember what your vision was at that time before yeah. starting? So I definitely like was a little bit um, wild in my adolescence and really lived my life fully until I was um, – I feel like by the time I was 19, I was already grown up is what I'm trying to say. And I just really knew what I wanted to do. I had a very clear vision. I was very naive but also very driven and ambitious. And I think being naive also kind of served me because I didn't realize how difficult this business was going to be and I just was all in and I really had a vision for what I wanted to create. How? Like how at that I, – I, I understand that it's like so innate, but it's like, first of all, I envy people. That's literally why I have this podcast, yeah. that just have that certainty and that they know. Yeah. Like how did that happen? Like how – I guess like yeah. walk me through to like the point that you're like, I'm going to start a business. Also, totally. you were 19. I feel like that – feeling I've at least seen in my career and like the people that I surround myself with happens a lot of the times like 25, Mm -hmm. like 25 to like 35, you get like a surge of that. That's really young to have had that feeling and to have the certainty that you can do it. So I'm just like, how the hell did you... When I was eight or nine years old, my mom took me to a Chanel charity fashion show. Linda Evangelista was in it. It was so inspiring. I still remember the black velvet dress I wore. I remember my mom's black two-piece outfit. I I remember it like it was yesterday, and I was just so in awe and so inspired. And from that day forward, I knew that I wanted to be a designer. I knew I wanted to have a lifestyle brand. I grew up super quickly. I worked in addition to going to school. But by the time I was 19, I just knew what I wanted to do. 
and I had made these connections in Italy from working in fashion. And so I found a pattern maker and I found um, someone to help me resource fabrics. And I just was like really hands-on and and gritty and excited and and didn't really realize what I was signing up for. Okay. How did your parents take this? Because I feel like at 19, I mean, it sounds like you had the confidence and the certainty, which I'm sure yeah. like for any parent is like, okay, I got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. How did they take that? And also like, what what were you doing in Italy before? Were you actually physically in Italy or just liaising with Italy? I was physically in Italy. I was working for a brand that no longer exists that had a store and I would do all of the buying. So at 18, I was going to Paris and to Italy and I was buying Galliano and Gautier and Miu Miu and all these amazing lines. And I would go with other people who would just, you know, connect me. And I don't, honestly, when I look back, I don't even know how it happened. I think that's why I talk about being kind of naive is like, I just didn't even realize how hard it would be, what it would entail. And that 20 years later, I would be where I am, even though in my wildest dreams, I had hoped the fact that it's come to fruition. So I always think like energy and putting your intention out there is so powerful. Totally. And I think also something I've learned during this podcast, like even if it's not like extremely clear, it's like, following the breadcrumbs or like following like that, like curiosity or whatever, you have like a tiny inkling, like it may not be an extremely clear vision, but just like seeing where that takes you. And clearly it can take you to Jenny Kane 20 years later, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And my parents were very supportive. My dad is my partner. He basically said to me, I'll help you for three seasons. And I'm so lucky that we're still partners today. That's absolutely incredible. So what was your vision when you started? So I wanted to be a lifestyle brand. I looked to Calvin Klein. I looked to Ralph Lauren and all these great American designers that had these lifestyle brands where everything you see, they made. And you walked into the room, you walked into the store, and you understood what the brand was about and the DNA and exactly who they were. So I really wanted to be kind of the West Coast version of that. So I always had aspirations to do lifestyle, but not until the last couple of years did I have the bandwidth and the team to support it. So I'm so excited to have launched furniture, skincare, and and hopefully much more. So you started with fashion, though? Yeah, I started traditional fashion line, 19. My first fashion show was fall 2003. Wow. And what's your dad's background? Does he have like kind of a lifestyle brand experience? No, my dad's in finance and he's just an incredible businessman and mentor and I'm very lucky. Because I am curious and I'm sure that listeners are probably like, I have this vision for this grand thing and there's obviously stepping stones. And like you said, like there was like points that you didn't have the bandwidth, but like how how did you go about your first steps? Like, did you think like, okay, for the first like two, three years, I'm going to focus, hyper-focus on fashion and no, be known for this feeling yeah. in fashion and then three years down the line? Or were you still in that zone of like, I'm just going to see how this goes? I wish there was more forethought. No, I – I really was in the moment and just trying to do the best that I could building the categories that I had, knowing that at the end of the day, I'd love to have more, but never really um, knowing if that was going to happen, like just having kind of the vision and and the intention and then – I'm more of the creative. So I, after I had my first two children, it became very difficult for me to also run the business. I found a great um, CEO and partner who's really built Jenny Kane up. And, and she is the one who has given me the ability to be so creative in these other categories because she's created an amazing team of women. For I, primarily heard her, women. I actually heard her speak on the Slow Stories podcast. And mm-hmm. I was like, she's so, first of all, refreshing that she like kept it extremely real at like the stage in which she entered Jenny Kane. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such an important thing and I struggle with this too as a founder that you like want to be so involved with every single thing and it's limiting it's limiting like you don't have the bandwidth you actually can't do it all and the best 
the best way to kind of like budget your creativity is to focus on the things that you bring to the table totally. and hire thing and hire people for the things that don't. Um, but throughout this whole like trajectory, like what did you find before you brought the CEO that helped kind of move things along? Like, did you actually feel the growth up until that point, or were you kind of stagnant and you were like, I think that we need to like switch things up and like bring someone in? No, I definitely felt the growth. Um, there were you know wins and losses along the way, and I think what really changed my business was. Um, in 2008, obviously it was a very difficult year for everyone and I couldn't rely on wholesale anymore and I was a traditional wholesale business. So I really looked at like, you know, what it was like to have my own store, which was kind of keeping me afloat and the idea of opening more stores. So that really was like a pivotal point for me where we're basically a direct to consumer business at this point. Most of our business is online, but then also in stores, we have 12 going on like 15 right now. And I just love the idea that a woman can walk into the store and understand what the Jenny Kane world is all about. And also that I'm curating it, designing it. I'm super inspired all the time. And just like you said, like, you want to stay in your lane and hire people that are better at at everything else than you are so that you can stay inspired. I'm curious as a Virgo, as someone who like really like likes to have things a certain way, um, how – like what did you do to release that? Because I find that that is the hardest part when it's – first of all, it's literally a brand with your name on it. And like even though you can recognize what your lane is and what those things are, it's really hard to be like, oh, I'm actually not going to be super involved in the numbers and like not have – like you know where I struggle is like I need to have a baseline knowledge on all the facets. And I think that that's, that also holds me back from like being involved or holding on tight. Like what did you actually do to be able to release that a little bit more? Yeah, so I think – um authenticity is important. And as long as everyone on the brand knows that the brand needs to stay true and authentic to its DNA and to who Jenny Kane is, and um, then I am able to step back and really trust. I feel like building a great team and really kind of letting them do their jobs is so important, especially for company culture. I don't believe in um, micromanaging at all. But as you said, it's really good to like have these check-ins and be involved so that you do know what's going on because it is your business. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely I struggle with that. It's like you you I you just want to have like baseline information that I'm like I don't know how much of my mind share should be going to even knowing this baseline information versus just keeping me in the lane that I'm good at. Yeah. Know? Um okay, but I'm also curious from like 19 to now, like I'm sure you have evolved like crazy as a human. You became a mother and just like with life, I'm sure things change for you. Your team has probably evolved as well. Do you remember specific moments in which the brand took a serious turn or that you like your evolution kind of like informed the evolution of the brand? Yeah, I love that question. Totally. Um, because I started my business when I was 19, I feel like I have grown up so much and obviously ch- my life has changed from being a single, you know, girl who was so just into fashion and living on her own to buying my first home and um and designing it and kind of getting really into interiors to then becoming a mother which really made it all about well what am I putting in and on my body and looking at chemicals and cleaning up my diet, cleaning up my beauty routine, just wellness becoming paramount. And then, um, you know, coming into the kitchen, learning to cook, like I couldn't boil water. Now I like, I heard you say that and I was like, I can't imagine a world in which Jenny Kane doesn't know how to boil water. No, couldn't. I started taking (laughs) cooking classes like 11 years ago and it changed my life. Um, and, 
And so, yeah, I feel like the brand has definitely followed my growth as a woman. And if you look at the different categories that we've gone in, it, it definitely – and like what I've been focused on definitely follows the same path, which has been pretty cool. Also growing pains and 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 growing up in public a little bit, but it's totally. been great. I'm curious how you – with each different vertical of the brand, how – do you or what advice would you give to someone who wants to do something similar? How do you keep that brand like messaging and feeling and vibe so intact and it doesn't feel like, oh, this is a departure or yeah. like, or this is like, this doesn't feel right. Like, how do you actually do that like tactically? Yeah. So my whole vision is to help women live well and live beautifully. So if that's the kind of ethos, then it all speaks the same language. So I, I really believe like all the details matter from what you're wearing to what you're putting in and on your body to what your table looks like, what your home looks like. It is all one world. I see it as one world. And as long as I'm true to the brand and true to, to you know, who the Jenny Kane woman is, like it, it, it could be any category. It doesn't make a difference. And like, I'm sure you have a ton of different things that come into your mind as like you, you know, just go through life and find new things or try new recipes. How do you actually execute on which idea to go next on? I'm sure it's not like I'm in lifestyle mode. Let me, or like I'm in furniture mode. Let me do furniture. I'm sure that like throughout your days, you feel a little bit of everything. Like how do you hone in on one specific thing? So I'm constantly inspired. And yes, I am. I have, I touch so many different categories that I'm constantly on my phone, sending messages to everyone in my team. And then we do have very um, focused meetings. So there are times of the year where we're very focused on home and, and designing that collection, other times where it's all apparel. And then um, throughout all of that, we're always doing stuff on Rip and Tan, which is the lifestyle portion. Obsessed of- with that blog. <laughs> it's so good. You. you guys listening, if you haven't checked out her blog, it's so good. Thank it's you. It's so good. You have like the best people on there too. Oh, it's so yeah. sweet. So I love like highlighting inspiring women and kind of learning how they live and um, what their world looks like. And then also doing entertaining and, and and wellness things because that's really what feeds me. Yeah, totally. How do you have the stamina? Like you've how, you've been in business for twenty years. Yeah, that is first of all like you've defied all the odds of businesses. I think it's like fifty percent of businesses fail in thirty years or something like that. And I'm yeah. How the hell do you keep on going and keep on innovating and keep on being inspired? So I think having all the different categories actually really helps because like I said, when I was younger, I was so invested in fashion, you know, then uh, really invested in home. I started the blog when I had my children. So I'm able to be creative and kind of shift. And then because I have this amazing team, like they really have built it into this incredible business and then tell me like, okay, we need you over here right now. Like, so I touch everything, but I'm not micromanaging and running everything. So it's not... It's interesting. It's like have a great team at home, have a great team at work, and then you can be a a great working mom. Otherwise, I don't really know how to find balance. Have you ever felt like because you're you're so right. Like within it, you have a ton of different businesses. But have you ever felt like I just want to start something completely different, or like you found the freedom within the framework of Jenny Kane? Freedom within the framework of Jenny Kane. I mean, there's so many other things I want to do, but within the framework. So right now we're um, redoing a house. We took it down to the studs in Santinez and making it just like a total Jenny Kane house that will do cool activations and probably sell one day. And that's so exciting and inspiring because interiors Where is, is something that? I love. It's just outside of Montecito. It's like oh wine and horse country. So when you do like the launch oil. for that, you want to invite uh, me because yeah, I want to check it know. out. <laughs> so doing things like that is really exciting. I'd love to get into hospitality. Um, there's just so many more categories that I feel like we could do really well. 
I feel like this is this is you're building like a Ralph Lauren legacy brand. California like, do you feel do you feel that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel that from you from that energy, and it feels really authentic in every single one of the verticals that you do. And it's like, I guess I'm always going back to like, how can we help the listener? But it's like, what advice would you give to them on how to like check in with themselves to make sure that they're leading from that? Because I think a lot of times founders are like always listening to their audience, which is great. But sometimes, like, it sounds to me like you have a perfect balance of the two. Like, you're led from your intuition and from what inspires you, but also from your audience, like how, how do you balance that? So I have like a meditation practice that's really important to me. And I really um, feel like staying balanced and grounded and listening to your intuition. You're right. Everything comes from that is that's your knowing. And that's so important. And then I like being as close to my customer as possible in terms of like, I can really get feedback from the stores on, on what women want, what's working for them, what's not. But like I'm not reading my comments on Instagram. So I think having a healthy relationship with, um, you know, social media, with, uh, you know, your your customers or people that are out there with opinions is really important because you um, you just want to take the things that are constructive and not take everything else on. How did you start into that practice? I'm like so curious about high achievers and like how they actually systematize those things. And it is a practice and it actually does take showing up the days that you don't want to. So how did you first get into that and hone that? I think that's the most important skill set any founder should have is like being able to tap into that intuition. Yeah. I I mean, I think that in my spare time, I'm always trying to learn more about myself and, um, and find balance and happiness like we all are, you mm-hmm. know? So um, I have two friends that started this amazing program called Well Soul, and they do these like mind blowing retreats where they bridge energy work with traditional therapy. So that became like a really pivotal moment for me when I went to their workshop a couple of years ago, and I've just made it a part of my life, which um, I think keeps me pretty grounded and sane. <laughs> Is it a daily practice? It's a daily practice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it has to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like – I always talk about how it's like rewiring or unlearning a lot of the stuff from your like younger childhood or early, early adolescence. And it's like you would think that like with life, if it's that's just such a short period of time that like you can just do it for a short period of time also and like then you're done. And it's not at all. It's like literally every single day for the rest. It's like a lifetime commitment. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I'm curious, what is next for Jenny Kane? Like what, like what process are you in right now? We are building out homes. So opening more home stores. We just opened our first solely home store in Soho, which has been so exciting and inspiring. Our stores are all beautiful, but this one is especially beautiful and really feels like quintessential New York architecture. Oh God, I wait to check it out. So we're opening another one in Los Angeles. We're also opening a combination home and clothing in Boston, which I'm excited about. So rolling out more stores and then we're launching jewelry next, I want to say spring, summer, which is exciting. Oh my God. Um, more beauty coming. So I, I launched a beauty line called Oak Essentials recently, which is really, really beautiful um, products starting with five. So kind of building on that. Um, so sky's the limit. I feel like what's the, I feel like I've asked this question like four different ways, but like, what is the actual process from like idea to execution to a new category? Like, is it a year, three years? Like what does it look like? Um, every category is different. So like furniture has been more difficult than clothing in terms of finding the right manufacturing, getting the, um, the materials, especially with COVID has been very difficult. And then there are like large scale items. So like getting all the details right and sending samples back and forth, like 
maybe where clothing would take more like six to nine months to develop the collection, this is taking a year. Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> How, where do you get your inspiration from? I feel like I said this in my questions, but it's so true. Like everyone has Jenny Kane items in their Pinterest boards when they're manifesting their houses. <laughs> like everyone. Yeah. Where do you go to? What's your... Honestly, nature. So when I'm on vacation, when I'm like quiet that and, and out in nature, that's where I feel like my um, my inspiration really starts flowing. And I think that's also like about stress levels. Like when you're stressed and you're doing too much, it's very difficult to be inspired. And that's where I think things get forced. It's um, like you get, your energy gets cut off. So it's, totally. it doesn't flow within your whole body. Yeah. And then um, in terms of like, you know, digital things, I feel like I am a big Pinterest girl. I have lots mm-hmm. of private boards on my Oh Jenny my God, Kane. one day, you should say like one day only, my Pinterest boards right? are open, guys. Totally. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm inspired by tons of different architects, artists, designers, um, and, you know, and chefs and so many people. <sighs> so when you're inspired, what's the next step? Like, are you like, oh, wow, like this tree really did something or this architect's place, like really just how, what's the next step? Like, do you then like write something to yourself or talk to someone about it? How does that go from feeling like struck by inspiration yeah. to execution? I feel like it depends on what it is. So, I mean, honestly, I'm always on my phone, unfortunately. So it's like lots of like, oh, this came to me. Like now I'm going to send it to the, in the right direction. But who's that person? Who's the right direction person? It, every category is different. So it, it just depends. Um, but what would you say to someone who's just starting? Like it, like what's the role to fill to for someone who has that, like who's yeah. in that same zone as you? Like how do you then execute, you know? Right. So I guess... I have an assistant designer who will sketch whatever I am inspired by and trying to create. And then we'll have like several meetings where we kind of discuss it. Then we'll start making samples. Um, and, and then I think what's interesting about our team is we're very collaborative and we're also very numbers driven. So as much as it is about creating beauty, we want to create beauty that women want from us. So. We have these marketing meetings, um, and we have all the buyers and the marketing team together, and they really like weigh in on all the styles and what they think will work, what won't, what our customers are asking for, what, you know, what's important this season because of the weather or mm-hmm. things like that. And, um, and so it becomes a very collaborative exercise rather than like people working in silos on their own. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. That, I, I just, I honestly, I personally feel sometimes that I'm like, I have all these amazing ideas. And then that's why I asked the question about like, when you have all these amazing ideas, how do you hone in first? And like, what is the one to actually execute on first? Like in what order? Because there's so many. So then, that, I feel like that is where I like stay in my lane. And I'm kind of told, like, I'll come up with all these ideas. And then um, my CEO or, or other people in in higher positions are like, okay, no, we're not doing this right now. Like I'm, I really want to do denim. Julia's like, we're not doing denim. I'm like, and you're okay, open I'll just to that? wait. I'll just wait until you're ready to do denim. And when you're ready, I have like 17 ideas. Wow. How, like, okay. What is your zone of genius? Like, how do you manage like being told I can't execute this right now? Like what, what is your first part of the question is like, what would you say in your ideal world? Like if you're, and maybe you are already living it, it's kind of seems like you are, but like Jenny Kane's ideal, like day to day that you feel like you're extracting the best of you. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? I mean, every week and every day is different depending on what's going on with the business, but where I really, I feel like I'm value at at this point is setting the tone for what everything looks like. I design all the clothes, the accessories, the furniture. 
I style everything. So the way you see it all in shoots, I've um, created that look. But then I'm not on the shoots. Like I don't need to micromanage them putting it on the model and uh, making sure the photo comes out because my team is excellent at doing that. And then when it comes to buying everything for the store, I'm super hands-on in the process. But I am looking to the marketing and the buying team to look at the numbers, to look at what's working, to look at what people are asking for because – I think the answer to the question is I'm a businesswoman and as much as I want to create beautiful things, I want to create beautiful things that are going to sell and that women are going to love. And you and feel that like a difference. That's, that's you, like you are both of those sides of yes. the brain, like you're like you're just as energized and alive by the business side as you are by the creative. Totally. That's really rare. That's yeah. really incredible and like I think that also maybe Ralph Lauren has that also because I think that that's what you actually need to have legacy brands like those, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe maybe if you find like a counterpart who's like actually yin to yang for anyone listening that may feel like one or the other mm-hmm. that could work as well. But I think that that's the magic is that you yourself are both of those things. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How did you identify that? If you like grew up thinking that you were like in the creative like fashiony design type. So mind. I'm definitely not running the business. I definitely have a partner that does that. But I am just savvy, and that's I mean. I want to build something amazing and that that requires um you know like having that grit and and having that foresight. Yeah. So you talk a lot about your team and trusting them. How do you go about finding the right people? Oh my gosh, it took so many years to find the right people, but once I found the right people, then I rely on them to find the right people. So it's incredible like coming here for my Soho opening and my second book Pacific Natural just launched. It's all on entertain. I mean, on <laughs> my first one's on entertaining. <laughs> my second book, Pacific Natural, just launched. It's all on interiors, which is really exciting and inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded by these incredible women, um, you know, on my team, a lot of them newer faces. And it's just really great to see the passion and the drive and how good they are at what they do. That's the key. And it's like, how, I guess, like, how did you find those first ones that then found the next ones that yeah. then found the next like ones? Like LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> really? Yeah. And at what stage did you start finding the right people? Um, I would say in the last six years, I found like post Julia. Really Her name's Julia. Yeah. Ju- so I finding Julia and post Julia has really been like, so there's like a life before Julia and a life yeah, after Julia. <laughs> totally. The life before Julia was like definitely not as, um, the growth was not as quick. Like it was not as serious. And Julia came in and she was like, I think we can like turn this into something incredible. And I was like, great, let's go. Amazing. I'm also curious because I did hear her slow stories and like the the phase in which she came into Jenny Kane. Um, and it seemed like she was doing a lot of foundational, like cleaning up, give it, getting like systems and processes in place, um, which I think it totally makes sense. Like, I mean, if you're like running a business and like kind of just like figuring it out as you go and don't have those systems in place, of course, there has to be like a cleanup process to be able to launch from there to a different type of business. Totally. Um how did you guys work together on being able to like clean up and like create foundations while like the train is in motion? Honestly, she really did that. She came in right after I had had my second child and she just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to run with. Are you good with this? And I signed off on it and we just kind of changed the way the business was run, changed the way we were looking at fashion. I mean, I had been saying for a long time, I basically used to come to New York four to six times a year to show the collection, do presentations, fashion week, the whole Mm -hmm. thing. 
and you're dependent on these buyers. You have no control over what your clothes are going to look like in the stores. And it's just like a hamster wheel. And it's a lot of money that's going into all of these marketing expenses. And it just didn't feel like it was necessary anymore or was like really moving the needle. So I had been saying to her, like, why does, why do we need to create newness every season? If these, if this is our bread and butter and this is what we're selling, like we know we can sell the fishermen in these five, you know, basic colors every season. Why are we like re, you know, defining the wheel each time? So. She kind of took that and this concept of like the way that I dress, which is find your uniform, became this whole campaign is it shouldn't be difficult for women to get dressed in the morning. Like we all know what looks good on us. Once we figure it out, we kind of just use that recipe over and over again. So like let's find the core pieces that you need in your wardrobe that you can wear every day, whether it's to be with your kids, to go to work, you know, all of that. And like take the effort out of getting dressed. So she would like take these things that I would feed her and then she would create like a whole system around it and create a business out of it. So I think it's but a that was, by the process. way, but that was very like awake of you to recognize like that, that formula that worked in fashion that didn't serve you or your customer. Mm-hmm. Like that is also like a testament to you being awake enough to be like, why are we doing this? process that actually doesn't yield results. But you that know? goes back to listening to your instincts. Because exactly. at the time that was like terrifying. Exactly. Because you know what everyone thought you had to do fashion week because that's how you that's had to That's why I'm saying like that's have, so yeah. impressive that like you did that. Like now I feel like we have these conversations about intuition and it's like kind of the norm or at least it's more the norm, which is fabulous and more people should be awake. But that's incredible that at that time you were able to like know like I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go against the kind of like seasonal formula that everyone does and do my own thing and it's clearly served you so moral of the story guys is continue to listen to that intuition if something's not working why are you still doing it that way totally what is the category or product that you feel really kind of defines jenny kane i think our knits i mean i think that's where i started and and that's what so many women come to me for and i think um I'm just so – I love a great sweater. <laughs> like, no, the sweater that you have yeah. on right now, I literally want to take off of you and Thank put on you. myself. I'm that obsessed with it. No, like I literally will buy it the day it goes live. It is so good. <laughs> so you would say your nets. Definitely. What is the question that people ask you the most? Like how do you do it all? And, and? it's always balance. Great team at home, great team at work. Like there's no other way to do it. And you do feel like present with your family and your kids. I am very – I am on my phone more than I should be, but I am very present in whatever I'm doing. So I try to kind of turn my phone over when I'm in business meetings and really be in the moment at work. And I'm not micromanaging what's going on at home. And then when I'm at home, I'm at home. And I really make a lot of time for my family. So I've structured my days so that I can you know, pick up my kids in the afternoon, go home and cook dinner. Even if I'm still kind of working at that point, I'm at home in the kitchen with my children. And we have, especially with COVID, we have dinner like, I don't know, five, six, seven nights a week. <laughs> like we're together all the time. I love that. I also love what you said about the uniform thing. And I've heard, I've seen your campaigns and I think that they're spot on. And I think that they translate across all of your categories too. It's like even with recipes, like if you can have like baseline things, kind of like the foundation or like the backbone of what you know how to cook. Totally. Um, or like the backbone foundation things of what you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. It just it creates more space. Like if you release all of those decision making throughout the day and you have more space to actually create other things, like that's incredible. Totally. I think um, – People get very hung up on doing things perfectly and really like taking the effort out of getting dressed. Uh, you know, same, it goes to your home too. It's like there's there's a recipe for it all. Yeah. 
So out of every single thing that you do, <laughs> you're a mom, you're a founder, you run a team, what is like the thing that actually makes you feel the most alive? Like that's what we call the active ingredient at this mm-hmm. podcast. And I'm curious, like what do you, where do you feel the most alive? I would say nature and horseback riding. I horseback ride almost every morning before what? work. Yeah. And I do it with my daughter too. And I just, for me, riding is something I've always done, but I love being connected to the horse out in nature and there are no devices. You are 100% in the moment. And I don't know how many other times in the day I can truly say that that's the case. That is beautiful. I, I've gone horseback riding a few times, but I feel like there is just such a, like you're literally with nature, you're with an animal yeah. in nature. Mm-hmm. So, and with your daughter, like the whole thing is just so beautiful. I <laughs> yeah. love it. And and you do that every single day. I do every morning. Like unless, seven days unless, a week. Uh, not on Sundays. Unless there is so much work that it can't happen. Every morning, that's how I start my day. Like you go to Tracy Anderson, I go horseback riding. <laughs> I love that. But again, like back to like what actually lights you up. And that's mm-hmm. what I always try to get everyone that listens to this podcast is just pay attention to what actually lights you up. Just because someone else meditates doesn't necessarily mean – I mean, I really believe in meditation. So actually like <laughs> that's not the best example. But just because someone does Tracy Anderson yeah. doesn't mean that that lights you up the same way. And I believe – and like I recently heard this – the listeners are probably like, Sophie, we get it. You love this quote. But I'm obsessed with this quote by Howard Thurman. Brene Brown said it. And it was like, we don't need more people to create more things or to what we just need more people that are alive. And that's, and that's it. And then that could, you know, take the form of creating a brand or creating whatever. But it, it, if it comes from a place of being alive, that's where the magic happens. You know, I love that. what advice would you give to someone who is currently wanting to feel that like alive feeling or sees you kind of you know, built this like beautiful, incredible life and doesn't know like the questions to ask themselves or the first steps to take. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'm being repetitive, but listening to your intuition, I like to kind of write down my intentions using all positive language, like no negatives and, and very descriptive language. That's something that we practice at WellSoul. And so like really putting it out there exactly as you see it happening, exactly as you want it to happen usually it will happen. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to ask two more questions that I'm going to weave into the okay. other one because I'm actually super curious. What learnings have you had while building a team that you wish other founders knew or that you wish you wish you knew as you were growing and scaling? So I think hiring people that are better at what they do than you are is really important and not micromanaging them. Um, and then boundaries are super important. I love all of the girls and few men <laughs> that are on our team, but I'm not best friends with them. Like I have very strict boundaries because I think um, camaraderie and energy and um, company culture is paramount. But at the same time, I I like to keep business business and personal personal. I love that. And then last question is, I feel like you've been interviewed a ton. You've been covered, like you've been on podcasts. What is something that you feel like hasn't been asked to you or something that you wish that you can just like shout from the rooftops? Oh my God. I don't know. I have to think about that. It's okay. It's okay. Or just, it could be something that you actually do say also, but that you want to like hammer in. If there's um, anything that you're like, I, I want to be known to like say this or stand for this or. I would just say, I really want to take the effort out of getting dressed, decorating your home. I think less is more and women really kind of put too much pressure on on themselves and really like embracing the body, the skin, like everything, embracing who you are. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And what's next? Which tell us the the Soho Spa is opening or opened yesterday. So Soho Home Store just opened on Green and Prince, which is very exciting. We're opening as a version in Brentwood soon and opening Boston in a couple of weeks on Newbury Street. I went to college in Boston for six months. So, <laughs> Wait, did you not I'm go to excited. college the whole time? You just no. Went to I started college? my business when I was nineteen. I only went to college for a year. Oh my god, we didn't even get into the whole thing. Yeah. Normally, I do trajectories, but like today, I was like, <laughs> I, I want to ask you specific questions. What? No, I went to college when I was seventeen. I worked when I was eighteen. I started my business when I was nineteen, which is like so funny because I'm now here with my sister who went to University of Chicago and got her master's at Stanford and then her PhD at Stanford. Now she's at Columbia. I'm like, we are so different. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, but you both listen to like is she do you feel like she's on the path that's like super true to her? Yeah, she's she's you know a professor at Stanford and now maybe wants to go to medical school. She may kill me for saying that, but like she yeah, she's two kids and is like, "Oh, maybe I want to be a doctor." Like she's so I am upset. Can I get your sister on this podcast? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm like being dead serious. Maybe. I don't know your sister's name, but if you're listening, like I actually that's what I love. Like I love people that are not afraid to change to change like totally. do something different to not go to school if you yeah. don't want to or you don't feel aligned with it. Like those are the people that I like to talk to. Yeah. No, I she's so that. funny. She was like living in a mountain town in Telluride with her children, oh, and now she's in New York City. She's like, what am I doing? No, she's doing the exact thing that she's supposed to. I am totally. obsessed with that. I need to talk to her also. Telluride is like top three places that it's I'm amazing. obsessed with. It's so just great. the energy. The energy is amazing. The mountains are incredible. And Let me tell you, a Jenny food. Kane, a Jenny Kane, like Apreski vibe yeah. situation <laughs> there. Like, can we manifest that? Because yes, maybe a little bed and breakfast. A ski in, ski out situation. <laughs> Obsessed. All right. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks I'm for so excited me. for you. Also, that sweater launches in January. January. <laughs> I'm obsessed. 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 All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.